podcast live. The uh, the, the podcast for, for Gaming Magazine. Uh, we are here every two weeks or so to talk to all the coolest people on the web to talk gaming stories, news, and gossip with your favorite content creators. Now, every podcast, as always, I'm joined by an awesome guest host. And today, once again, keeping this going during DigiPride, we have the one and only Robin Gray. Hello, Robin. Hello. Hello. You got your mug there. You got your, you got me. You, you, got me you, you got me mid slurp. What What are you drinking today? What are you drinking? Oh, a little peppermint tea. A little peppermint tea. Just a little. Just a little peppermint tea. Just, just a little bit of peppermint. As, oh, as we slide I... off into the oblivion of a podcast. Oh <laughs> Lord, Lord! You know what? I'm just thankful that this wasn't a midweek podcast because I... <laughs> let's go. Let's go and do the uh, gaming magazine tradition where we talk about the weather. But I think it's quite apt this week, considering it's been uh, the, the the gateway to hell opened up beneath Britain, and uh, we yes. had the highest recorded temperatures ever. I believe. Yeah, we we've finally come down off the forty-one degrees Celsius, a hundred plus degrees Fahrenheit in the UK, uh, and we're back to kind of like just just a bit grey and rainy. And but a it's bit still warm, warm though. It's, it's warm and muggy, and I hate it. I don't like it. Can you make it? Can you make it right? You have those powers, right? You're you're just I like do. Uh, I, I do. You're like I, Storm I like from it, the X Men. I, you I like have to the keep power it to control the weather. I like to keep oh. it slightly uncomfortable. Just oh, to so keep you're doing this to toes. me. You're the reason that I'm I'm getting dampness in places I don't want it. Got it. All right. But for the for the for the video viewers amongst us and for the audio viewers, you'll just have to imagine this. I'm enjoying the outfit today. Oh, my outfit? No, mine. My boring <laughs> your outfit. red yeah, t-shirt. No, 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 yeah, yeah, I know. I meant yours. Your red t-shirt. Is that a, a safe in our world t-shirt? There it is. And there's Sudden... a point to it, which I'll come to later. Okay, there's a point to it, which we'll come to later. <laughs> you mean my outfit? I'm I, enjoying my... your outfit. My name is Bill Bob. <laughs> this is my outfit today. I feel like I should have uh, hay in my mouth or something. Yeah, I'm uh, undressed like uh, a country bumpkin today yeah. uh, with my my, my Amsterdam yes. cap on. This is how they all dress in Amsterdam, by the way. I thought I, it was I'm quite sure. fitting. Yeah. Um, I just got back from from TwitchCon Amsterdam. We'll be talking about that later. Again, uh, a, fully, a full European. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Exactamundo. Um, Awesome. Uh, just a quick reminder for those of you joining us live, you can interact with the podcast both here in the Twitch chat and, of course, in a special section on our Discord. And, of course, don't forget you can keep up with all the latest news and features from Gaming Magazine by visiting gamingmag.com. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, today's podcast is a little different, isn't it? It is. It is a little bit different. Uh, we are kind of shaking up the formula a little bit more than usual today. Now it's still DigiPride across gaming, of course, and you can still check out all we have coming up at gamingmag.com forward slash DigiPride. But it also means that we can welcome not one, but two amazing special guests on the podcast today. Uh, that's absolutely right. Uh, this week, our first guests are the minds behind the amazing Arcade Spirits and Arcade Spirits new challenges. Please welcome Stefan Gagne. And Anna Schumann. Ooh, hello. Hello. So happy hey to be here. Greetings. Happy to have you here. How is today going for you today? Great. I've got my cat in my lap after, you know, playing a little bit of Stray yesterday and couldn't be better. As, uh, as, as Stray taught your, your cat any, anything new? No. My no. cat is like... Hippo, she is the clumsiest cat ever. So, like watching this cat like jump on things, I was like, Hippo, this will never be you. But it's okay. I love you regardless. 
<laughs> and Stefan, how's your day going so far? I've been having a nice chill weekend, uh, alternating between writing for the new game and just watching Twitch Hell and yeah. chilling out and relaxing. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Well, yeah. What's your uh, Twitch channel of choice, actually? That's a good question. Uh, I tend to bop around a bunch of the GTA RP streams from NoPixel. Nice, like, yes. There's, nice. Do, there's some high drama and ever, low comedy. Have you ever watched there. Ashy? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're good friends. We're good friends. Um, but yeah, let's, that's that's all that needs to be said. Okay. <laughs> the RP stuff is so fascinating to me too because yeah. like, like there's a lot that goes into it and you don't even realize. Like, yeah. That's, that's a crazy well, what, what I love is like the weird intertwine of just live role playing and game mechanics. Like they, they keep instituting new gameplay systems and progression systems, but there's this tug of war mm. between the mechanical nature of the game of Grand Theft Auto and the desire of them to just role play and tell stories like a lot like a LARP. Yeah. And yeah. it's interesting seeing that like gray area in the middle. Particularly Grand Theft Auto, like it, it's it's not a game necessarily traditional for for cute and cozy warmth mm-hmm. and and everything else but is it is it nicotine have i got that right yeah nicotine someone, does it as well on a someone, different server she's but, not a no pixel okay. but nicotine but, but does, they, um, they like role play as a shopkeeper or something well they they originally yeah. role played as a shopkeeper and now they role play as an old woman who's searching for her grandson so it's uh yeah and and the last trailer i saw for it she was just flying through the air uh with explosions behind her so yeah it's uh, it's changed up a little <laughs> bit yeah yeah <laughs> It's actually really interesting because um, the amount of like work that must go into like modding the game to to add all these like bells and whistles into it too. It's really really cool. Mm. Mm-hmm. But we're not here to talk about GTA. No, no we're not <laughs> role play. No, I, I mean imagine we could have a fantastic oh, yeah. conversation about GTA role play. We are oh, here yeah. to uh, interview yourselves, right? So, Robin, you've got you've got you've got yes, questions. absolutely. Yeah, you have I questions. Have I, have questions. I have questions too. I'm going to let we you go first. Questions. Thank so, you. Um. Tell us about your roles at Fiction Factory. Let's kick off with a nice easy one. Mm-hmm. Well, we're co-authors on the story. We divide the story up between like members of the cast. You know, some characters are on side, some characters are mine. Um, I handle overall project direction and Anna's narrative designer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like most indies, we all have separate hats as well. Stefan does a lot of the coding, and I do a lot of like the PR and reaching out to streamers because I'm a streamer as well. Mm-hmm. So. Awesome, awesome. Now, uh, obviously, Arcade Spirits, the new challenge is the, the new game. That's not out yet, is it? Has it come out yet? Or is it? Oh, no, yeah. it's, it's, it's out, out yes. Oh, we, we played yeah. on Let's Go Gaming. I thought we got like, it, an advance. You played it a few weeks ago on Let's we Go did, Gaming. We did, yeah. I don't know if we had an advanced copy or mm. we had like special privileges. That's out. Yeah, that's definitely out. Well, it was both. You had advanced copy and it's... It was both. There we go. That's what confused me. Now, uh, that is a brand new story and it has brand new characters. And obviously, there's old faces returning too. Um, why did you decide to go for a, a new cast and, and not continue the adventure with the, the old cast? Well, I feel like the stories and the character arcs from the first game were pretty much told and complete. Like, you see their progression from A to B. Mm-hmm. You see a nice, neat, satisfying conclusion for each of them. And it didn't really make sense to reopen all of those and say, but really, there's more that mm-hmm. they need to do. And also, we wanted to try something, something a little different, which is a standalone sequel that this is a game that continues the world of 20XDX, but is its own standalone game. So you could come at it fresh and get just as good of an experience 
as if you were playing that in sequence. Mm -hmm. And and just to be like a little bit greedy, like we got to experience new characters and it's always fun to get to like dip your toes into new storylines that you haven't done before and, you know, write new characters. So, yeah, it's 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 fun to get to do that and and, uh, create more of the world that we've created. Honestly, it it is a wonderful world. I love the general premise of um, what if the video game crash didn't happen uh and you know i guess et just didn't exist i guess um it's just it's a it's a fun environment to explore definitely Mm -hmm. yeah i mean we lay a lot on the feet of et for ruining everything but honestly we were just using that as like this is the touchstone of like this is one of the things that went right Mm -hmm. in this timeline is that they delayed the et game until it didn't have bugs and then released it and people were happy with it what an idea (laughs) (laughs) um so what are your thoughts on LGBTQ representation in video games? Because I know, obviously, that um, specifically, obviously, Arcade Spirits has some great representation. And did that kind of, in, does your thoughts on that kind of impact the development of the new challenges? Yeah, definitely. I feel like overall, like, representation is getting better. Like, it's significantly better than it was when I was a kid. Like, when I was a kid, like, I feel like I can't even tell you a character that comes to mind for representation but i still feel like there's also a lot of work left to do in our community obviously like with everything that's going on in the world and all these anti-trans laws like we need to do more in our community for representation and just support for all of our trans players all of our queer players there's just so much left to do but i do feel like it's a step up right like and that's that's one of the good things about like what we've done is we're also queer creators and we're creating queer games. And I think, you know, when we started at Arcade Spirits One, like that was just always something that we wanted to incorporate. We wanted to have characters be able to romance characters without blocking them out based on their pronouns or their gender or anything like that. We wanted people to be able to love regardless and not have to worry about those things and and that's just really important to us because that's who we are and we want to see ourselves reflected in this world. Yeah, for instance, I'm I'm asexual aromantic. And so, yeah, yeah, I'm writing a dating game. Whoa. But the thing is, is that I always saw it more as a visual novel than a dating simulator because the dating aspect is actually entirely optional. Mm. There is a perfectly valid friendship-only story path with its own unique content in both games. And I'm looking to make uh, ace representation more robust Mm. moving forward where you can have like equivalent experiences whether you're romancing or not romancing Mm. that's that's that and i think that's super important i think it's super impactful as well because i think everything that we've seen of late always kind of carries a story and kind of carries that that baggage if you like of of there's inevitably going to be a romance um and i think the the ability to kind of live out a story in a very sort of friendship oriented way um yeah i think is hugely important and hugely impactful for for our community yeah, yeah we wanted people to approach the game in a way that's comfortable for yeah them, yeah no that's exactly it, it. Yeah. yeah i feel like our tagline is be who you want to be and like love who you want to love whether that love is you know amor and romantic or non-romantic mm. As uh, as someone who's actually like uh, demi myself, um, I sometimes can get overwhelmed by like the over sexualization mm. of, of some media. So it's really nice to like have this experience where there again it just gives you the option. We don't have to go down that path at all if you don't want to. Mm. And um, something else I also appreciate as a as a trans person um, 
is how you've expanded the customization options for the not only the protagonist um, for the original game by a lot, but also obviously for you can now customize your rival too. There is uh, a lot of unisex options seemingly. Uh, could you expand on the the reasoning that you 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 delved into it just so much this time around? Certainly, yeah. Um, the first time around, we designed the game so that you had one fairly similar-looking character, even if you swap hairstyles, mm. that was gender-neutral. And we did that way because you had your custom character appearing in, like, eight or nine different scenes with custom poses and custom clothing. And if you did it any more complicated than that, you'd be drawing thousands and thousands of variations. Mm. This time around, we were like, well, what if we turn that around? What if we have the player character be visible on screen alongside the other characters? And therefore, because they're just a normal character and not doing all these custom scenes, we could have them be very customizable. Our players asked for more customizability, asked for more representation, for different body shapes, for different options. So we designed the entire game around the idea of being in third-person perspective, seeing your custom character instead of them just being a little portrait in the corner of the window. Mm -hmm. It's actually really, really cool. Um, when I got to play, sit down and, and watch uh, some some players play it on Let's Go Gaming, and then the next time I got to play it for myself, and just awesome to see how varied the the customizations with the the characters actually turn out to be. I think just being able to choose like your name and your tag separately uh, opens so many uh, doors for just the insight to the personality of these characters too. I believe um, we went for Blaze It Four Twenty as. Uh, as our uh, player handle, which was amazing. Can't remember what we called them, though. It was something to, to do with that, obviously, clearly. I've seen a lot of X's and a lot of 69s in player oh, yeah. tags. Yeah. It's very, it's very uh, chef kiss perfect. Yep, it's great. Mm -hmm. I love it. <laughs> and it's great because we, of course, have, like, this whole, like, retro and, like, synthwave theme going on. And it's great to see, like, all of us, like, go back to, like, those early internet days and have the XX Sephiroth. 69, yeah. 420, you know, all those kind Perfect. of... Yeah, it, it there were 68 so other I swear. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the original Arcade Spirits, you were focusing a lot on uh, saving the arcade um, while making it your own. Um, this new game focuses on a team of players. So what inspired that narrative uh, shift of focus? I think it calls back to the same reason why we went for new cast, is that we wanted to try new storylines, new aspects, new angles on arcade culture without repeating the angles mm. that we already explored. Like, for instance, there's very little focus on retro gaming because I feel like we really, we hit the mark on that with Naomi and Percy in the first game. So we we're like, well, what are new angles on arcade culture? What are new storylines that we could explore? And going with the esports focus scene where each of the characters has their own favorite style of game and their own focuses mm -hmm. but they all have this unifying factor gave it the 80s underdog sports movie feel that we wanted mm -hmm. oh yeah oh yeah i love the uh the variations in the actual character design too and um uh like again seeing some vas return uh, from different games like uh, i know you had pro zd on there as well personal yeah. fave absolutely uh wonderful human being it was really cool to actually get to grips with that character i i forced the people that were playing to go and talk to them just so i could hear <laughs> the voice um which was probably terrible on my part but yeah uh so you've actually made more changes in terms of accessibility this time around too you've added more uh options so how important was it to you to include that for your players and what are your thoughts on accessibility within video games generally across this scene right now well, I'm a, I'm a disabled video game developer myself, so I'm always looking for ways that I can 
tweak and tune the experience that it meets a wide variety of different abilities and make sure that everybody has a chance of playing the game. Um, there's a very, very strong set of visual impairment support on the PC version of the game. Where you can set a setting which self-voices the entire game. It rearranges UI elements in a way that makes sense when you're coming at it audio only. Um, there is a, unfortunately slightly hidden, but I'm moving it to the forefront in our next game, option for a dyslexia-friendly font. This sort of stuff is very important to us, and that's actually one of the main advantages to using the game engine that we do, which is RenPy, because it has a lot of these accessibility features built in, and then we extend the tools beyond that. And yeah, I would love to see more games have a very accessibility focus on, their, on what they're doing. I think we're starting to see that with, uh, for instance, Sony's big prestige flagship AAAs, like The Last of Us and so on. They are adding in a lot of accessibility tools, like mm. tons. I would love to see more robust difficulty mm. settings. I'd love to see more disability access. Sorry, difficulty settings. Um, we've seen that in Psychonauts 2. We're seeing it all over the place and I'm all for mm -hmm. it. Yeah, I think like recently with a lot of games that like I feel like within just the last this year, there's like in options, there's now like accessibility options where I feel like if you even go back to last year or two years ago, it was just an options like, but now there's specific things for accessibility, which is great to see. And I think obviously like with just overall like queer representation, that's something that is getting better, but there's still a lot left um, to do to, to help yeah. people and get people to be able to play the games how they want to play. I think it was EA, wasn't it, that, that developed a whole set of um, accessibility standards and then just gave them away as kind of like a an industry-free tool, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, we mentioned obviously earlier about sort of ace uh, routes through the game, but there's also a polyamorous route in this game. Mm -hmm. um, what? How, how did you decide you were going to uh, go down that route and, and frankly any other route that you have as well? Yeah, so in we actually wanted um, a polyam route in the first one, but it was our first game, and we just didn't know how we wanted to do it, right? Because with all the coding, it was a little more difficult than we had anticipated, so we didn't end up doing one. But we knew that for the second one, that's something we really wanted to accomplish because it meant a lot to us to be able to represent polyam people, right? Um, as a polyam person myself, like I wanted that. Um, and I just like wanting to romance multiple people at the same time. Um, so we worked out a way to include a polypath in, in Arcade Spirits, the new challengers. And it was, it's, it's great. I, I'm happy to, to do it and I can't wait to, to do more like polyam paths and future stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I say, um, it's, it's wonderful going back to the actual like characters that you've, you've created as well. And just being able to, to romance multiple at the same time is, is, uh, a, a good option. Um, but to me, when I was when I was going through my playthrough, um, what the my favorite moment I believe was literally jumping into the arcade for the first time, the pizzeria slash the laundrette slash arcade, um, and seeing the the wonderful array of of diverse characters that you, that you've included in that space. Um, how have you written these characters in a way that avoids stereotypes while also making it feel natural to the story you're trying to tell. Yeah. So from the very beginning, uh, we essentially have worked with uh, Salt and, wait, Sage and? Salt and Sage. I was like, we have Salt and Straw here in Portland. So that was like in my head too. <laughs> um, so when we first came up with the characters, we basically sent it to them as like, here's our plan for the characters. Here's an overall like story arc. 
what do you think? And then, so we did multiple different sensitivity readings and we also have a lot of friends to sort of get information from and just like the community itself, you know, we had a lot of varying play testers help us with things as well. So it's not just like us, it's a whole community of people that are helping us with our representation. And we're super grateful for that because, you know, we are only two people. Yeah, I discussed, for instance, for the polyamorous route, I discussed the, how it was going to be crafted, how it would be written with several polyamorous people in our community. Mm-hmm. And we, I also employed a uh, accessibility and disability expert in terms of trying to figure out, well, how does Jinx's storyline pan out? How does her condition work? And we basically, you got to do the legwork, you got to do the research if representation and disability is, and diversity is important to you mm-hmm. because you want to get it right. You want to be truthful and authentic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the mm-hmm. second part too that, we did is after we wrote the entire game and wrote all the character arcs, we then took everything back um, to our sensitivity readers and we're like, all right, this is what we have now. Please go through it again and let us know. And I think another thing that we also do, and this is what we did for Arcade Spirits, the original too, is like, we're only two people. So, you know, there's probably going to be some mistakes and some faults and that's totally fine. Like, we will fix those things. But what we did from Arcade Spirits 1 is when we were presented with those things, we took the time to do the research and fix them in like updated versions and stuff like that. So we'll continue to do that for the new challengers as well. Yeah, yeah, we've already issued a couple of patches, um, mostly for bug fixes, but we have issued some textual changes mm-hmm. and smoothed over a few bumps and tried to make sure that the experience remained welcoming and authentic. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's awesome it's it's always... Yeah, it's it's always really important to listen. And I think that kind of, I think it, it's difficult to get everything right first time, but I think the willingness to listen and willingness to change is the most important thing. Totally. Um, so what are your top five moments in Arcade Spirits and New Challenges? Mine are all spoilers. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Like all the various little twists or one scene gags that I really don't want to spoil for someone who's coming in. Like mm. I'll just say like Jinx's cat. That's all I'll say because I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> um, They're such good moments. I I I feel like I feel like a top five is 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 a little <laughs> much, but like definitely I feel like one of my favorite moments was writing the rival, and I guess I could consider five moments in the rival's path, um, just because. Uh, like we were talking earlier, I love an enemies to lovers trope or rivals to lovers trope. So for me, that was like, it was just so much fun to write. And I got to do all like the silly things that I've always like written in fan fiction before. Like I got to put a Kabe Dawn in there. That was like amazing. And like, I got to write, uh, you know, the really jerk villain type character. And then I got to write like your your rival, like your friendly rival that's, you know, cheering you on, but still like your rival. So there's still that Mm. tension there. So that was just really fun because I got to explore all the, the fun tropes that I've sort of grown up with as being a teenager and through young adulthood that I really just love. And so that was really fun for me. And, um, without spoiling anything, uh, as well i'm just going to add to that and say like i love the effort that you went to putting all those little references to like video game culture and like memes and just general um like stuff i saw things potentially from pokemon yeah. in there and like mm-hmm. and, like all sorts well, of things it's interesting so. because 
I have a very specific view on references. Like I've seen reviews every now and then. I'm like, oh, there's too many references. It's too cringy. I'm like, there's a reason for each of them. Mm. What we're doing is we're kind of borrowing the cultural energy of world referencing, like the Pokemon theme song. When a character says, I want to be the very best like no one ever was, it's not just, hey, I recognize that. It's that it tells you, okay, this is a story about ambition. Mm. This is a story about competition and dreaming. It brings the energy of the original into your work through the reference, mm. and therefore it gives everybody a nice, smooth context of how to understand the work. Yeah, totally. I like so much media now is like, hey, you remember this thing? This is a thing, whether or not it's like Ready Player yeah. One or like any <laughs> Warner Brothers movie that, that's come out. In the... If you're going to reference, there has to be purpose exactly. to reference. You have to have yeah. a philosophy about it. You can't just say, hey, remember the Thundercats? Mm -hmm. And I love the way that <laughs> no. you like wove it into the text it's 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 done incredibly well take it from it's done incredibly well um so so now that the game is out and people have had a chance to to play and experience it for themselves what or even if people haven't played it um what do you want players to take from the new challenges after they've finished playing like what? What is the message? Kind of without spoiling anything, obviously. But what? What kind of? What do you want to communicate to the player? What do you want them to take away from the game? I'd say gaming is for everyone. Mm. It's for everyone, and everyone is different. There is no one unified gamer template that everybody gets stamped out. Everybody comes at it looking for different things. Everybody comes at it with different dreams, and together, when you share in that, that's when the magic actually happens. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. That's such a that's a that's a great message just to uh, leave it on as well. It's a great place um, to end. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Stefan and Anna, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, oh, thank good you luck. so much. Good luck with everything. Yeah, good luck with the new games. Good luck with the game that's yeah. already out. And yeah, have a have a fantastic day. Yeah. I can't thank wait so to much. see what the future holds for you both. All right, thank you. Have a, have a wonderful <laughs> day. Yes, you too. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Later. What a lovely conversation. Aww. What a lovely Love chat. That. Oh Love my that. goodness. Oh, I feel Let's like I've learned so chat. much. Yes. You know what? We should totally have another chat because we have another guest. We have another amazing guest today. Um, it just keeps going. It just keeps going. This is a packed podcast, as it were. It now, it please welcome our second guest. It's Rave Rain, everybody. Woo! <laughs> wow i don't know if i want to follow that they were so lovely i'm like oh they're they're very lovely me. <laughs> that was lovely this will be equally as lovely if this not is gonna be amazing yes you're gonna do you're Thank gonna do you great guys. yeah but welcome on how, how's your day going today how, how are you how are you doing it is going really well though i read your invite as central standard instead of uh <laughs> you know what everybody apparently did that Everyone today, that today. it was <laughs> But we got here. That's the main thing. Yes. We're, we're here now. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. And um, like I told you earlier, I'm I'm you know interviewing to be part of a new D and D game. So I'm so excited about that. Hell yeah. Um, I'm just thrilled. I've been playing Stray, so everything's good. Just waiting for Starfield to come out, and I think my life will be complete. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so cannot wait. Uh, yes, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to. Uh, you, you need to give us the information on that so I can check out the D and D stuff when, if it, if and when it happens. Absolutely. I would love to. Uh, the behind the scenes stuff you were telling us about that was very, very interesting. <laughs> now, as part of today's shakeup, uh, usually we go through a whole rigmarole of, of different things before we, we get to the meat 
of the podcast. But we're diving directly into the meat today, which is your interview, uh, Wraith. So, most excellent. To kick things off, uh, why not introduce yourself to to our readers, to our listeners, to everyone? All right. So I go by Wraith or X Aratari on uh, Amazon, and Aratari is actually Wraith in Romanian. Hmm. I'm a writer of gay, paranormal, science fiction, and fantasy romance serials. If that's not a big mouthful there. I have my own site, wraithrain.com. I'm also an Amazon's KU, and I have a podcast on YouTube and Spotify and all those places where I have made some of the serials into audio plays, one that you know, Dragon's Reign, which I actually read dramatically. Mm-hmm. And brilliant job. Now- Absolutely <laughs> fantastic job there. <laughs> I love you. I love you. <laughs> um, and one I'm having read by professional actors. And there's like, I, I say five, but there's actually like seven of them. There's like special secret ones that are coming in. Ooh. So that's my big life uh, creatively. Oh, yeah. I love that. Um, how long have you been writing for? professionally for so for money 12 years (laughs) but truthfully probably 35 a little bit older than most people so i'm i'm 40 48 so okay that's awesome yeah i would mom always said she's like you you were telling stories before you could read or write so i'm not quite counting that but close how did you i'm gonna pick your brain a little bit more on that like how (laughs) how did you like get into writing and then start like going down that that avenue What, what spoke to you at the beginning like what pulled you in you know, uh, that's that's actually a really good question. And I and I do think that for as much as writers are made, because it is a skill that you can absolutely get better at mm-hmm. and absolutely pick up and learn. Um, I have to say that I I was always telling stories as a kid. Um, I would sit my mother down and God bless her. She would listen to me go on and on about the fairies in the yard and everything like that. And ironically, I was writing gay stories at age 10. That's amazing. Even, I love that I so much. And what I really appreciate is, as you can imagine, um, 30, 38 years ago, uh, gay stories were not exactly accepted, but my mom and dad were A-OK with it. Awesome. They were like listening to it and encouraging me. And to this day, uh, they both said, you basically always had this desire to write this and be in this world. And we're so glad that it's worked out and that it's far more accepted now, but they were always accepting. And I think that's what encouraged me to continue to be a storyteller, their acceptance of what I wanted to share with the world. That is so incredibly cool. And what a lovely, lovely insight. Now, um, of course, uh, going from from your past of, of getting into writing and, and, and just obviously telling queer stories, um, you're actually promoting two stories this summer, uh, both Dragon's yes. Reign, which is is already out, so you can listen to it as a podcast right now. I listened to the first couple episodes today and I'm already hooked. I'm just like, I need to I need to jump into this more. Um, and also Everdark, which is uh, your up and coming, uh, again, uh, your, your, your new uh, VA'd voiced uh, podcast experience week by week is going to be amazing. Can you yes. tell us about them in general? So, yeah, well, I'll start with Dragon's Reign since that's the complete one. And mm-hmm. you can literally jump in right now and just listen to this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a gay shifter romance serial, but it's a little bit different than what people normally think of as shifters. Basically, it's set in our world, but it imagines what if all types of shifters are real and the world has been pretty much divided 
it is now eight territories ruled by dragon shifters. So, um, and one of those is the Black Dragon King, Valerius. And in his territory, our main character lives and works. His name's Caden Bryce. He thinks he's pretty ordinary, but he's actually a hero, which I love to feel like us who are ordinary could really show who we are given the opportunity. Um, when he saves people from a terrorist bomb, of all things, uh, there's, there's basically um, conflict between humans and shifters, as one can imagine. He joins with a spirit that turns him into the ninth dragon shifter. So there's been these eight dragons forever, and now suddenly there's a ninth that pops up. Mm -hmm. And the story is all about him facing dangers and falling in love with Valerius. I tried to mix a ton of humor and angst and adventure to see how this would all work. Mm -hmm. So that question, what would the world be like in terms of religion, in terms of prejudice, in terms of, you know, uh, you know, how would people view themselves? What happens when humans aren't on path anymore? And how that's not, you know, people, do, some people don't like that. <laughs> mm. And also, but just a ton of humor and warmth and, you know, love, that sort of things, both friendship and romantic. Mm. What well, um, Evergar, so go ahead. Sorry. sorry, what really struck me is it's kind of like, so I'm a big anime fan. And to me, it's kind yeah. of like being able to listen to an, anime isekai kind of story without it being an isekai which is really really cool by the way i'm not sure do, do you do you watch anime at all or anything like that i do and i i've really i've had it's interesting i love them and i hate them because sometimes <laughs> i feel i'm obviously coming from western perspective mm -hmm. so that's a limitation on probably my part i like western storytelling better in that sort of arc but i love the imagination and the breaking the breaking the Western rules anyway, mm. that I do find in anime. Ghost Hunt's probably my favorite. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, just that the paranormal and just all of it. I love the main character. She's awesome. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. And speaking of uh, um, paranormal, though, um, Everdark is also coming. Can you tell us about that? Yes. So Everdark is a, is, is a bit darker than <laughs> Dragon's Reign. And it's a gay vampire romance with two couples. So there's Julian and Christian are best friends and adventurers. And they have this YouTube channel where they go and film all over the world looking to prove that magical creatures exist. But Julian is particularly obsessed with proving that vampires are real because he's convinced they killed his parents. Christian is like, no, I, like the scully to his molder, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, vampires are not real. Except, of course, he ends up being very wrong, but he wants to support Julian. As luck or fate would have it, Julian is actually destined to be the fledgling, the child of this lost vampire king, Damon. And Christian has been loved from afar by the exiled vampire lord, Balthazar Ravenscroft. So the story follows both sets of couples' adventures, being turned into vampires, falling in love, vampire politics of all things, and then Damon reconquering the vampire world once more mm -hmm. and that's being read as i said by professional voice actors who just i when i listen to them i'm just amazed i have the biggest feeling of like imposter syndrome when they're reading it to be honest with you like that they would read this even for money is stunning and amazing and they do so much more than they have to do so i'm stunned and so happy by it that's a, that's amazing that you you saying that you're experiencing imposter syndrome uh, with that because like from everything that I was listening to today, it's just like it works so effortless, effort, effort, 
effortlessly. God, I can't even get my words out, you see. Um, yeah, it's um, absolutely fantastic what I've listened to so far. Uh, and I'm sure it will continue to be uh, that way, and no doubt. So definitely, I don't think you have to experience that imposter syndrome. But I know that's like a, a big thing for like a lot of creatives. Mm. It's just like suffering from just like... Even me as a streamer, I get that all the time as well. It's like I'm I'm like a Twitch ambassador and I'm still like, I don't deserve any of the praise I've ever been given. Um, so I, I feel you on that. I feel you on that. But you, I, again, for me, you, you, you shouldn't have to worry about it. I mean, look where you are. Like, look, look what you've done. You're on the gaming podcast. No, I'm no, sorry. No, no. <laughs> exactly. No, this too makes me feel like I'm imposter syndrome. Like, oh my goodness, they're interviewing me. Who wants to know this? But hopefully... I want to know this. I want to know this. And our, and our viewers know. and readers want to know this. Oh, thank you. And uh, look, listen, I I have adored kind of vampire uh, stories for forever. Um, mm. I I think that the idea of kind of I always found vampires quite gay anyway. Yeah, Jesus, the fabulous hair and everything. <laughs> exactly, the home the, the homoeroticism is there anyway. Um, it's hugely. I mean, they are sexually transgressive creatures. That's their that's their purpose. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly mm-hmm. it. So, so where about for all your stories? Not not just these two, but but everything you mentioned. Obviously, writing as a as a young kid, talking about the fairies in the back garden. Where do you get that inspiration? Do you, how do you sort of wake up and go? I'm going to do this today. You know, it's. Have you ever felt like? if there's a highest best purpose to what I can do or be or, you know, act in a world, I always felt that telling stories was mm. fine. And, um, you know, I, I guess you should really judge it based on how people respond to what you're doing. But I have had this preposterous idea that I have something to say that would entertain, that would help people understand the world and would make them feel better about themselves and their place in it. And, and that's sort of what I, when I'm writing or thinking of stories, they just come and um, the unique option, the new fact that I use a serial writing technique where I write a chapter and people respond right away. I sort of get to understand my readers' hopes and dreams and, and just, it's, it's just a thing that's so close to my heart. I can't even explain where it comes from. That's, that's so incredibly sweet. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> God. Uh, so... <laughs> For me, um, one thing I really appreciate about the way that you have things set up right now um, is that you have that audio portion, you have the podcast, you have the serialized podcast where you can actually listen to it. I am terrible. I don't really read a lot. Um, a lot of the uh, stuff that I consume is audiobooks. So I, I love the fact that it's actually like a serialized podcast format. Um, wh- how did this decision come about that led to creating the serialized podcast so what inspired you to do that i love audiobooks mm. and i spend way too much time in front of a screen mm. and i know a lot of people feel the same thing that it's hard for on their eyes to just keep reading um so i wanted to give my own eyes a red mm. yes so you understand yeah. plus people when they were driving into the office this was uh, you know audiobooks were my savior because i was like oh thank god if i have to go here at least i can be entertained on the way mm. Um, and it's like someone telling you a story, right? And that has a completely different feel than just reading it yourself. It's like a fun, cozy experience. Uh, when I read Dragon's Reign myself, and you know, and I'm going to continue doing live streams, it's this feeling of like 
being able to be connected to people in a way you often don't just by reading something yourself. Mm. Oh my goodness. Yes. Honestly, like it's, it's nice to be able to just to, just to, to have that. And, and I feel like it's sometimes uh, with me reading, cause I have ADHD as well. It's very, very difficult to keep, yeah. keep concentrated. But if I have someone literally like talking directly to me, mm. I can be there in the moment and like, actually like know the tone and and the way that things are supposed to be said and and how it comes across too which is uh, i feel like it's i don't want to say it's it's for on a personal basis it's so much more impactful for me so thank you for having that I'm option glad that it's opening it up to people too mm. because i you're not the first person who said that um and i'm like oh well great we're gonna do more of this um and this will bring more you know i'll be able to entertain more people and hopefully they'll feel good about that and it just works with what people need. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you mentioned it a couple of times, obviously, already about how your slightly unique style of writing is not to just write everything, stop and then release it. It is kind of very much more around write chapters as the story unfolds and it's out in the real world. Why do you choose to do that? And what do you think the impact of being what and what's the impact, sorry, of being guided by the reader? Oh, it's huge, actually. And it comes from fan fiction because though I have now been writing professionally for 12 years, I sort of was just writing for myself or writing in fan fiction sites. And the idea of putting a chapter up and getting feedback from your readers right away is so addictive. Hmm. It's mm -hmm. you get the all that hard work, all that stuff where you're just like, oh, I got to grind out this next sentence. I've got to make it happen. And then you get someone who's saying to you, this character means the world to me. I can't believe that you showed someone just like me or, you know, I felt like this lifted my day and that just makes you go forward. And then there's even the critical comments like, well, I think this person was out of character in this and I'm really hoping you'll do this, that and the other thing that makes you a better storyteller and it's real time. And I always feel that if someone's telling you something at the time it's happening, you can more absorb it mm -hmm. than if you give them a whole book and then they write a review, well, this was crap. Mm. <laughs> Not yeah. to, and it could be crap, right? <laughs> but now as a serial writer, I can actually fix it because I can just change things as I go forward. And it's so, important to, mean, sorry, yeah. sorry, no, no, just, just really quickly. It is important to note that there's a difference between reacting to feedback rather than kind of like being pulled around and just writing what people want mm. right it's not like that i will say mm. but what i do find is that my i, I we have oh god oh, close to three thousand members on Wraith Rain, which is crazy but um i have to say that many of these people have been with me it was the full 12 years so a lot of them know my writing style and my weaknesses and my strengths and they can say, Wraith, I really appreciated what you did here with this, but I, I am seeing that these questions are left unanswered mm. and this seems a little bit off. And I'll be like, oh, crap, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, and go through and, and fix that. But I don't like suddenly says, someone says to me, well, you know what? I want you to write a story about X, Y, and Z. I'm like, I'm sorry, that's not mm. what I really mm. do. But what they can say is I've introduced, for example, a side character and they've fallen in love with that side character guess what? Suddenly that side character has a more main role and that side character might in fact mm. get a lover, might become a big part of it. 
So wow. that has definitely changed the stories. And, and it's yeah. important to remember as well, sorry, that, um, that serialization is the classic way of storytelling. Yes. Like um, Charles Dickens, um, when writing his stories weekly, uh, monthly or weekly, whatever, in in the press at the time, in the newspapers at the time, was all serialized. Sorry, Mia, carry on. No, I was literally going to, just a follow-on question from that, just ask, like, has there ever been a moment where you've, like, based on like feedback you've you've pivoted from something that you were going to do and, and went down a different direction yes and it can go well or badly uh, um okay. i had one story it was ghost hong kong triad where i intended there to be one set of lovers and then i introduced a character just randomly and the people were like they belong together and the entire story i was wrestling with this problem mm. where i had promised one thing but the other thing was so much better. And I, to this day, I look with that story with dissatisfaction, almost like I want to rewrite it, which I could do. I have done that. <laughs> um, and so, but then on the other hand, I've had feedback that has transformed a story and made it into something so much better, mm. so much more. Um, I would definitely say uh, it's the fell is an example of that. Um, really just with people giving me such thoughtful, you know, um, emotional feedback for how these characters are affecting them. And that really has helped me, you know, improve my craft. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Um, like, so there's obviously ups and downs with it. Um, mostly positive, I, I would hope, um, from what it sounds yes. like. Now, very lucky for that. Mm, yes. Fr from my, uh, from, <laughs> from my research into the 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 world of of Rafe Rain, um, there's been a lot of art uh, books, audio series, and and oh. more surrounding your work and and your characters that you've created. Um, did you think that that would be so popular when you were just starting out? You know, <laughs> it would easy to it would easily say no. Of course not. <laughs> and on some level, of course not. That's insane to think that people would like my little strange stories, to be honest with you, or big strange stories. But I think to have the, the, the balls, the credit, you know, to start a serial set like Breath Rain, I had to have some belief that the stories I'm telling, other people want to hear. Um, I put my money where my mouth was, investing tens of thousands of dollars I did not have, mm. uh, doing stuff. Um, I'm an attorney, it's my day job. And I had to spend hours on top of that to create Wraith Rain. And um, I had to believe at some level, but this goes back to what is your best, highest use, to, use of yourself. And I just believe that these stories would appeal to someone. And I, or maybe I just had to tell them and I had to get them out in a way that would attract as many people as possible. And hopefully they'd stay for the ride. Um, that's 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 mm. amazing like that that level of i wish i had that level of confidence honestly um it's it's enviable. delusion you never know <laughs> it's delusion too it's not delusion definitely not delusion <laughs> <laughs> what have you found most exciting and, and fun about turning these stories into audiobooks on youtube and spotify oh my god so i really think that audio makes Oh, the world come alive more, obviously, especially when you have the audio plays like we're doing where people are acting out the parts. Mm -hmm. My dream, my absolute dream is to honestly have live action, like to have real like a series, you know, just like delusional time here. But that's what I would love. And so these audiobooks and the audio plays are a step towards that, especially when you have these professional actors 
who take your work up a notch where you could not reach on your own. We also have like, I've had manga done and I can honestly tell you, there's like this idea of the third artist where two artists come, you know, basically come together. It's almost like this totally new thing is created. Mm. And that's Mm. really what I found the most fun is to see how it changes and how people react to it differently. And for me, how it's just like a totally new thing. That's amazing. Is there, are there any ever any? I mean, with that process uh, of getting that made, did you? Is anything like? Do you feel like things are lost or added in that that situation? Like, how, how? What effect does moving to that different medium have on the story? to you? It's it's a really it's a really good question, and it's both. Of course, there is something lost because with a novel like a reading and a novelization, you get to hear all interior Mm. thoughts. Mm -hmm. When you're in the manga, you don't, you get to see what it is. But T-Wolf's been working with me for over a decade, as well as with the Arconiel, the two um, house artists. And we've worked together so closely that they really can almost pluck ideas out of my head. I feel like, wait, I didn't describe that, but that's exactly how I saw it. They're like, yes, Rafe, we know. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Like um, with the audiobooks, it's hard to let go of how I think a character might sound. Mm -hmm. Um, Edward Fox, who does play Lord Balthazar and Damon and the narrator in Everdark is is beyond what I'd ever hoped. But the other characters may not have been what I had thought they would be, but I've come to love them. But it's not the same, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I suppose it's like... um... Part of you has to like let that go too, and and that can be you difficult do. when they're they're essentially your children. They're they're your babies, you know. They're, they are. Mm. They absolutely are. And then suddenly, I think, especially when I had the Everdark podcast go up, I felt like, will people remember me at all as the author, or will they just think of the actors mm. now and not even care? Versus Dragon's Reign, where it was all me. Mm. And that's, yeah, obviously I want, I'm like, still love me, please. Oh, I'm, I'm sure everybody will, will still love you. And um, speaking of, of love, this is quite apt for the next question. Uh, your stories are almost always centered around romance. Uh, what is it specifically about romance stories that, that, that you love the most? Uh, I'd actually um, contrast it with something that will sort of like give people an idea. Da Vinci Code. Okay. Da Vinci Code is a very much a fun story, but that's not character-based, is it? It's about the puzzle. It's about the plot. And it can be interesting, but for me, when I'm reading, I want connections between the characters. I start with those characters Mm -hmm. and what works for me. And what's like more complex and interesting and horrible and joyous than two people learning about one another and falling in love? I mean, they then they get to face dangers and monsters and who knows what else I'll throw at them. But that connection, that real like deep thing that happens. And I also concentrate on friendship too. Mm. Ironically, in real life, I'm a romantic, but I write romances. Who knew? That's amazing. Um, so, <laughs> but I love that. I love that. I think that that's how people hook in. Mm-hmm. You find a character you can understand, relate to, or even hate. And you're in. Yeah. You're into that story. I, I feel like definitely, it definitely like explores the, like the whole breadth of 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 human emotion uh, in, in those particular stories. And it's very interesting to see uh, where you go with them, how how varied and different like, your stories can be too. Like uh, going darker with, with vampires or, or literally j- jumping into a, a world which is, which is driven politically by 
dragon leaders. It's like, right. it's amazing. It's amazing. Who knew that dragon politics would be interesting? <laughs> but it is. <laughs> so we, we've obviously spoken about um, uh, what's happened so far and, and where you are. And obviously we've, we're just getting into, into the new stories with the lovely vampires. But what, what does the future hold? For, for for your stories what what's next off the what's next off the line or, or what story would you like to sort of tell uh, any secrets can you let us in on anything or? Uh, yeah no what's <laughs> been a real thrill to me is that these actors who are forever dark our professional actors are actually really hooked into the anime scene and a lot and have lots of connections now that's way out of my budget right now mm. <laughs> you know like ten thousand dollars a minute <laughs> you know, something ridiculous like that but my eventual goal, as I say, is to do live action or anime. I really do want to do that next. Mm. But it's something we're going to work towards. I know that I can't even believe it, but the actors are like, hey, Everdark Academy is like the sequel to Everdark. We're going to do that too, right? And you have a third one coming after that. We're going to do that too. And I'm like, <laughs> hell, if you'll do it, I, I, I'm with you. Yes, let's do it. Yeah, so it must be those are the, amazing uh, to know that they're so pumped for that as well. Like, like they had such and, a good experience you know one thing that may happen and i i can only speak vaguely about this but they're talking to their actor friends some of which whom we would may recognize who might actually just do a part not under their real name not under the stage name we might know them but it might be some, somebody who has quite a bit of um yeah that they just come and do it nice. for nothing i'm like why wow. would you do it for nothing but they're like no this is so much fun. Well, we look forward to hearing Meryl Streep. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can you imagine? They just—they're on this. Obviously, they just want to be part of the world yeah. that you've created, which is such an achievement. Like again, I don't even like we were talking about imposter syndrome earlier. That's that should be yeeted out of the window at this point. Mm -hmm. Like, listen, listen to to what you're talking about. I, I just feel like unbelievably happy mm. and unbelievably unworthy of it. At the same time, I think one of the things that was the most beautiful was said by one of the actors who is gay and he said basically to be able to play an openly gay character where them being gay wasn't the focus of the story they got to be an adventure they got to be you know just who they are mm. and they're the lead and there's just no angst there there's no barrier gaze trope there's no you have a miserable life no mm. no you get to be the hero you get to be the shining star and and things are going to work out for you. There's going to be an HEA, the happily ever after for you, damn it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's something I, I really appreciate about the worlds that you're creating too, is it's literally offering um, a source of media for, for many of us who never had that growing up. We like didn't have a lot of um, people that we could look up to in our media. And like your work does exactly that. So thank you so much. If I can do one small little thing like that, if I can just say... You know what? We believe we deserve to be here mm. and we deserve happiness and success. That's what I want to give in these stories. Yeah. Um, and it's earned. Mm. So it's mm. it's not a Mary Sue or Gary Stu, but you know what I mean? It's yeah. it's like we don't have to always be the ones sacrificing or living lives that are you no know, end in sadness and aloneness. You mm. know what I mean? We deserve a happy ending, damn it. Yes, absolutely. Mm. And so for all the uh, the queer little boys and girls and babies that might be listening right now, where can people actually find these stories and, and get into the audiobooks? Okay, so wraithrain.com is like the main 
site. It's a serial site where you can go to and you can read the first five to 10 chapters of almost every single serial there and see if you like anything. And then you sign up. Um, but if you want to check out the audio work, um, we have a channel on YouTube, mm. um, the Wraith Rank Gay Fiction Podcast. So you can check out Dragon's Reign and Everdark World. So on Spotify and iHeartRadio. Um, if you'd like to read and you're in KU already, all my books are in KU, excluding the manga, because um, they want to give us like a doll, uh, like a, a penny for that <laughs> for read. But um, you can go look for me under X Aratare and you can read all the series there and that'll give you a flavor of who I am. Hell yeah. That's awesome. This has been an, an enlightening and a, a wonderful conversation. Um, I've had it a lot of fun. Been. You had a lot of fun, Robin. I have had a lot of fun. Wraith, have mm. you had a lot of fun? <laughs> I have. I'm really, thank you so much for having me um, and asking such, you know, excellent questions. And I hope I answered them okay. Oh, no, you're and perfect. Really... You're absolutely fantastic. Yeah, like, honestly, uh, th some of the questions there were just off the top of my head, too. I'm just that interested in what you have to say. <laughs> so, yes, yes, it was, well, thank it was you. great. Thank you. So lovely having you on. Absolutely. Awesome. Yes. And good have a great rest of your day, guys. Good luck with everything. Thanks, yes. Ray. Thanks. Bye for Take now. Take care. Bye. 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 Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, How sweet. What a wholesome podcast. Listen, like, when it comes to, like, and again, yeah, a wholesome podcast. And when it comes to, like, interesting people, this is a packed podcast full with, like, interesting people today. And, like, just picking their brains is such, a, like, an amazing experience. It's absolutely fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, so thank you to all of our guests that we've had on today. Now, it's a little bit of out of, out of order today, of course, um, but we're going to kind of go into like the general gist of the podcast that we usually do now. So stick around for that. Um, it's better late than never. But now it's time for a mashup of bite-sized news and the weekly recap. And this week we're talking about a couple of things. Um, first and foremost, TwitchCon. Yeah. I was there, so that you was my there. last. That was my last weekend. Yeah, that was my last you were weekend. There. It was. Um, and how was it? It, it was an incredible. Honestly, I wish I was still there. I don't think I've had so much fun at an event uh, in a really long time. And honestly. I really needed it after God knows how many years now, just stuck inside during the panini, mm. during the pandemic, during all that awfulness and isolation, actually getting to get out there and seeing people. I mean, it helps that I was, I, 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 it was, you know, I was taken, flown out for free <laughs> and like wined and dined and, and treated like a celebrity. That was really cool. Um, because, uh, yeah, the Twitch flew out all of the uh the twitch ambassadors uh the new twitch ambassadors this year to the twitchcon amsterdam event so um it was uh it was a good time it was an absolutely was amazing time. what were some of your highlights oh some of my highlights um so again meeting all the other ambassadors that was a lot of fun a lot of lovely people i, I basically was attached at the hip to a uh, friend of the show and gaming ambassador ready set ben uh, we mm -hmm. had uh, so many wonderful times. Got to see uh, Luke Boogie out there, Donut Heart, uh, all the all the besties, all the most amazing uh, people, and even uh, Coda Girl Chan was out there too. Like a lovely, oh, lovely awesome. time. Yeah, um, we got to go, and I wasted so much money in the Luke Cave, like all the Twitch <laughs> merch. Like I was gonna be dressed head to toe in Twitch merch today, but I thought 
now. Maybe that's a little bit too much. Um, but I, I think I spent like almost 200 euro on um on twitch stuff while i was out there literally listen it's not hard to spend 200 euro on twitch stuff um they tend to be a little bit overpriced mm -hmm. i mean it's like what 50 55 euro for a hoodie but still uh yeah and then like so friday i was just hanging out with the ambassadors that was fun and then um like i don't, I don't think i paid for a meal while i was out there because like so many places had free food we had the uh, partner party that night too and there was just free food and drinks i got so drunk it was <laughs> ridiculous don't send me to a place that has an open bar i will get really really drunk this is what happens sorry listen i'm gonna be talking for a while this is just like an insight into the way my brain works right now dear listener um of course like you've gotten that in the past though so that's fine the saturday uh was more of a bit chill i had a meet and greet and then i got robbed by hassan piker um yeah i, I got robbed yeah absolutely robbed yeah yeah wow. for real um okay so it wasn't in terms of like uh put him up i'm stealing your lunch money kind of robbed no uh, i was on the main stage of uh the the glitch theater over there so literally twitch.tv forward slash twitch in front of like tens of thousands of viewers and it was the first time i was on stage I was bricking it, absolutely. But um, I think I held it together quite well. We were doing a um a Lego building competition, and literally oh, quite, quite quite literally bricking it. Then <laughs> oh, I was literally bricking. Oh my god, <laughs> how apt! Uh, yeah, I was literally bricking it in this Lego uh building competition. God, why did I never make that connection? Amazing. Um, <laughs> so uh, everybody that I spoke to and everybody that I watched. Uh, said that I did the best, but because I was against other popular streamers who were more popular than me. Uh, I mean, Hassan Piker gets like 30,000 viewers per stream, right? It was based on audience votes who won. And uh, so I was always going to lose. And even Hassan didn't know about that. He was annoyed about it as well. We were staying at the ho same hotel because they were put a bunch of like Twitch people up in, in the same hotel, which was right next to the convention center. And I saw him in the um, in the reception afterwards. And I said, congratulations on winning because I had to leave the stage first and I had to basically go backstage and I didn't see anybody after that. But when I saw them back at the hotel, I was like, congrats. And he was like, um... Yeah, uh, like, I, I didn't know it was going to be like an audience thing. This is my terrible Hassan impression. I, I didn't know it was going to be like an audience thing. So um, uh, do you want this? He was holding the trophy in his hand, by the way. And um, I, of course, I said, no, couldn't possibly. I don't, you know, I I wouldn't know what to do with it. I'm heading out. I'm going out to, to, to like get uh, food now. So I, you know, I'm, it's not a big deal. He's like, no, 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 just like give it to the reception. Like they'll, they'll hold it for you. So... I technically didn't win, <laughs> but I still won. Uh, for that. the for the audio listeners, I'm holding up. Actually, Robin, go ahead. You describe what I'm holding up right now. Oh God, um, you're holding up a a trophy slash plank of wood um, with an engraving that says "You won." You have to hold it a bit closer. Um, oh, you won TwitchCon 2022 uh, with the Explain world's happiest allig the world's happiest alligator. Okay, so no, that's frog. The that's no, no, no. It's it's Alligator. not. It's a Komodo dragon okay. head. It is literally the Pog emote. Have you never seen the Pog um, emote? Look at chat right now. Look, I'm not. Look oh, there look, you look go. At, there you go. Yeah, okay. th there it is. There it is. Listen, if you're watching it, there we go. There it is. The, the that's <laughs> that's what can you see. 
the, the similarity I've, between I've the two. I've got it now. I've got it now. Yeah, it's like a ceramic pog head. Ooh, that's yeah. not what I wanted to show. Let me tell um, yeah, this is <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. This is ridiculous. And if you are an audio listener, you are missing out. God damn. Get over to the yeah. video immediately. Yes, get over to the video. Come and uh, follow us on twitch.tv forward slash gaming mag with a Y. If you're not here already, you should be. And, you know, subscribe while you're at it as well. I'm sure, sure, you know, you can enjoy all the, the emotes and stuff. Anyway, so I also had a meet and greet that day too. Um, I was late to it because I've already set Ben and I annoyed a bunch of Twitch staff. That was fun. Um, and then later that day, we watched the drag showcase. Did you catch the drag showcase? I did. It's possibly one of the best things I've ever seen. It was amazing. It was absolutely fantastic. The 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 it was iconic. The best thing I've seen at TwitchCon. It was so good, so good. Obviously, we had uh, Donatart and uh, mm -hmm. Nikki Stones. They were hosting it. Uh, we had some familiar faces there as well. Uh, Aubrey Wodonga, who who we know from the uh, gaming awards, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah, nobody yeah. would have seen that performance, right? That nobody wasn't... would have seen that performance because we were scared yeah. about putting copyright music on on our screen. <sighs> <laughs> yeah so the thing is Aubrey did the uh, uh, ring performance but I don't think they were allowed to do the hanging thing that they did at the gaming awards which was really yeah, really was disappointing better. ours was totally better in that case but they still did an amazing job of course you had the likes of like Evo there Miss Cookie Dough Heather Fetish did a performance and put a song in my head that I still to this day cannot <laughs> get out if you've watched it all I want to do now is I just want to go back Back to 1999, over <laughs> and over and over in my head. Literally, go and watch the the performance. It was one of the best things I've ever seen at TwitchCon. And of course, we also had uh, Anxiety there too, who was uh, had this bloodborne inspired uh, drag. It was it was insane. It was absolutely amazing. The level of makeup and just like clothing and and the design it's wow mind-blowing stuff mind-blowing stuff uh yeah and then um so that was my that was my that was my saturday although i did also make a twitch staff member cry on <laughs> saturday but i'm not gonna go into that uh you'll have to you'll have to guess you can you can at me on twitter and try and guess how i made a twitch staff member cry that'll be dear listener at the mirbyte tweet at me let me know how I made a Twitch staff member cry and then maybe I will reveal it at some point. But we don't have all day for that. So yeah, um, also on the Sunday, it was a bit more relaxed. I actually got to go and explore the con, go to the different booths, talk to different people. I had a bunch of like, I had two different scheduled streams from different booths. I was running around like crazy. But then, yeah, I just got to generally hang out with people. Uh, did a quick interview for just before the closing ceremony as well, which was really fun. And uh, it was just, it was amazing. It was really, really cool. It was really fun. I just wish that I hadn't been so busy because I had wanted to get out there and actually see Amsterdam, you know, see mm. the city, see the sights. And I did a little bit. We went to a couple of gay bars. That was cool. That was cute. That was amazing. There were some drag performances there too. Those were really fun. But um, I can't, I can't talk about those ones here though because those would not be <laughs> Twitch appropriate. But yeah. those are, those were very fun. Um, and yeah, I was, uh, I, I, I'm kind of sad because I didn't get to go do the traditional thing of going to a, uh, uh, an Amsterdam coffee shop either. Mm. Um, I would have loved to do that where it is, um, legal in, in, in Amsterdam uh, to get coffee, of course, at the coffee mm -hmm. shop. And enjoy but, the different um, strains of beans. Yeah, different strains of beans at the coffee yeah. shop. Um, yeah. but unfortunately, little old. Uh, Mia here will remain uh, a virgin in that manner of all those 
different strains of coffee because I didn't get the chance to, unfortunately. We were actually going to go on the Sunday night, but it was uh, closed by the time we got there, which made me really sad. So I just really want to go back as a tourist and like and like like explore and stuff. It'd be really. It's cool. a place I've been? never been. No, it's. I was a place I'd literally about to ask you've been to Amsterdam, yeah. but no. So it's it's um. But but thank you for the mug. I can never do this in the background. Yes. Mug, yeah. My adorable. There is a. There's a, um, there's an Amsterdam mug and uh, I got you a little magnet too. How are the Stroop waffle? I got for you. Did you try them yet? They're amazing. They're really they're good, amazing. aren't they? I've they're like apple tarts. Yeah, they're really order. dense. So actually I can only really have one at a time and then I have to are give you... it like an hour or something and then go back and have another one. But Are you doing the traditional thing where you actually put it over your coffee and just like let it warm up? No, I just eat them. I should try that. No, that's that's that. how you're supposed to do it. You're yeah. supposed because like when you get them fresh in Amsterdam, and this is the other thing as well. There are no street waffle places near me when I was where I was staying in Amsterdam. I was so annoyed. It was like an an hour and a half away um to get to like a street waffle place from where I was. Like it's right in the middle of uh, the center of town. I just didn't have the chance to go get them. And they they're actually served like obviously warm and gooey and and lovely. So mm. when you get these little ones that you have in the packet, you're supposed to like make a nice hot cup of. Uh, coffee and just literally just sit it on the top and let steam like warm oh, it up cute. so it goes all gooey and soft i will try it tomorrow morning with my morning cup of tea there you go um, that's I, will, I, mean, I will try a warming stroop waffle with tea okay tea. i guess that i guess that I works tea. i mean it's got apple in it i guess and that's, that's, yeah, pretty, be fine. Good. that's pretty good be fine. anyway there was there was um, news about twitch wasn't there yes there was the uh, twitch con of course there was news about twitch what are you talking Not, about yeah okay <laughs> So um, in the opening From ceremony, Twitch. they they announced to reiterate a few of the uh, the a few things that they're that's upcoming and changing. Uh, they're going to be changing the fifty dot. This is where the 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 bite size news comes into the the mashup here. Yes. Um, they're lowering the payout minimum from $100 to $50. So if you only make a limited amount on Twitch, uh, you could now actually get your money every single month, which is nice. Uh, they're adding charity fundraising to the platform, like directly built in. So um, you can set yourself a goal and have your subs and bits go towards a charity thing. And apparently Twitch takes a 0% cut because it's through PayPal giving. But I'm still questioning, like, does that mean they take 0% cut of the their cut of the sub so do they still get half of the sub and then your half just goes to charity or does the whole sub then go to charity that question i kind of want answered i need i need mm. an answer to that question um they've reintroduced uh customizable tags so we used to have the community system back before 2018 on twitch which essentially let you name your own community and then tag your stream with it uh, what they've done now is now they have the tagging system, which was extremely limited, which we were screaming about for the longest time because mm -hmm. there wasn't a trans tag. There wasn't a bunch of these like um, identity tags. Now they're finally coming back around to you can customize your tags. So a, a nice experiment that we're back where we were yes. pre-2018, <laughs> uh, yeah, essentially. Congratulations, we, everyone. <laughs> it's just the same thing with a different name, but, you know, pat yourselves on the back. It's, yeah, we did it, guys. We did it. We 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 gave you customizable tags. Um, I shouldn't be like that because, like, I love the staff members I met over at TwitchCon. were absolutely lovely. Um, really, really. And they do care quite a bit, too. Uh, it's really, really... It was difficult sometimes because I was talking to the comms team and they are like... We, I was trying to communicate to them like you need to move the yourself away from being looked at as like a faceless corporation you know you need to be like because so many people there do care but you need to put mm. those faces out into the world and say listen here are individuals that like are you know are just like you and care about the same things that you you like too 
Yes, yes, I'm uh, I'm I'm teaching the corpus how to be human. No, I'm kidding. That's that's very dehumanizing. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's a joke. Uh, they were lovely. They were lovely. Um, there's now shared ban lists, which means that your ban list you can now share with other creators, and they can apply it to their own, so they can just delete everything off there. Uh, there's also a channel switching system, which is really weird because I actually made this suggestion to them um, privately, and uh, and at the time apparently they couldn't tell me that they actually had the exact idea I had in mind coming up, um, which is like it's a system that allows viewers to click between channels and watch like a minute of the stream before deciding if you actually want to jump in without having like ads impeding the experience. Because mm. right now the experience is you click on a channel, you watch an ad, you wait, then you see the content. And if it's not for you, you click out, you go somewhere else. But now it'll it just so literally much, be... Yeah. A bunch of thumbnails you click on it it'll show you a preview up top and then this is what they're doing it'll show you about a minute or two nice. of the actual thing and you can just literally just jump in or just keep switching between them which i guess um, really helps with discoverability because yes, you see that like, that's, you, that's you very quickly see this is my jam i'm exactly. gonna say yeah now yeah, i can this... now i can deal with this advert because i know some good stuff yeah. is coming i feel like front loading the ads was just like a terrible decision for the longest time so i'm pretty excited mm. about this channel switching thing and also guest stars which has already been announced they reiterated that guest stars come to the platform so just chatting streamers can now use a system where they can pretty much do what we're doing here uh using the system that we use uh well probably in a system very much like the system that we yes. use just to get them uh just to get more situations like this on Twitch more easily without having to use like Google Hangouts mm -hmm. or Discord calls or anything like that. So it's a much cleaner, simpler experience. But you know what? All great announcements. And uh, I don't know if there's anything I really, really want right now um, from Twitch, but I was really heartened to like hear all that stuff. But enough about Twitch. What else we got today? Yes. To talk about? Um, so it's SDCC at the moment, so San Diego Comic-Con. It is. Um, the biggest Comic-Con. And there is so much out there in the world that, that just... And this is where we kind of suffer a little bit as 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 Brits is because SDCC obviously happens in, in California time, which is, yes. which is basically our evenings and overnight. So mm -hmm. it seems like every morning at the moment we wake up to like some crazy updates. Yeah. Um, Listen, there's 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 loads out in the world. I'm not going to hover on too many of them. Uh, we'll come back to Marvel in just a second. There's some really good Star Trek stuff for those of us that like Star Trek. Oh, I haven't um, seen any of this, so inform me. Oh, yes, yeah, so um, uh, so chat has just ruined my point. Um, but, what? but it's uh, yeah. So lower decks, uh, the lower decks animated series what? is coming into uh, Strange New Worlds, which is a live action series in season two of strange new worlds hold on gonna... hold on hold on so you're saying there's gonna be characters from a cartoon being in yes. live action i would have thought yes. it'd be the other way around that doesn't like but uh, it voice it, actors it's, playing it's, them it's, or it's, it's both ways well yes exactly so um i can i can remember jack quaid is one of the voice actors who we're very familiar with because jack quaid's in the boys as well um wait which character uh, does he play in the boys oh i don't know hold on all right, just keep anyway, talking. I'm, 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 gonna I'm look this up. I'll keep it talking while you're Googling. Um, they said they're going to come in as live action. Oh, it's so, Huey. Sorry. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, so, so there's going to be two characters that are going to come over into Strange New Worlds, straight, uh, animated into the real life. The, the handy thing is, is that, um, so Jack Quaid's character um, on on Lower Decks oh, actually yes. looks like him. They drew, they sort of drew him a bit like him, just with the sort of bigger hair. Mm. Um, so it, the the swap over that the sort of the the crossover will work well because he'll actually look like. Thank you, Boimler. I, my brain just went to, 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 for two seconds there. Um, yeah. 
So Boimler, the character coming, the animated character coming to the real world. And then Anson Mount, who plays, um, um, my God, Captain Pike on Strange New Worlds, has said that he's actually got a 2D... I, I don't know if this is a joke on the panel or not, but he's got a good 2D character drawn of him. So whether there's going to be kind of like a reverse crossover in the episode as well, where they're going to animate some of the Strange New World Hold characters. Hold on, does that even match up timeline-wise? Because isn't no. like Strange New World no. isn't like set super far back into the past. So, yeah, right. so Strange New Worlds is set kind of pre the original series as, as we'd know it. And uh, Lower Decks, Lower Decks is, is like post-Voyager. Uh, about the t- same time as Voyager. It's, it's definitely mm, after... Well, it, it has to be post-Voyager because they have... Um, oh, because Tom Paris Tom, is in it. Yes, 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 yes. So it, it's about that kind of time, just post-Voyager. So Listen, there's, I'm again, not even a big sh- Star Trek fan and like I still know. There's shenanigans. There's shenanigans, shenanigans too. That sounds but really cool. That's exi- that is, that's exciting. Um, right. Tell me and more. And we also had... Well, we also had the uh, the the kind of the we, we knew it was coming, but we actually had some of the first looks at the original uh, next gen cast coming back for uh, Picard season three, the final season of Picard as well. So, Geordie like, and Worf and uh, everybody it's, says it's, it's like, I that's, okay. the, that's that's I've literally just listen. I don't know why at the moment people can't write 10 episode uh, seasons. We've spoken about mm. this, about Disney Plus's issues, about it starting really strong, petering out in the middle, then finishing really strong. Mm. Picard has the same problem. You really? could easily, okay. easily have crunched. That last season, you could have crunched it down to a three episode special. And it would have been fantastic. Mm. Tight, fast storytelling, whip through it, done. Um but I, I I love it because it still has those callbacks to series that I grew up on as a kid. Um, but it, it, yeah, it's it as always gets bogged down in the middle. Anyway, moving past Star Trek, Marvel. Wait, woke before up this we morning. jump into Marvel, yes. before we jump into that, yes, I saw Thor today as part of like oh, this okay. mashup. Are yes. you caught up on everything? Yes. I want to know what you thought of Thor. Seven out of ten. Okay. Solid, yeah, I, I, I get interesting. That bit fun i get that it's certainly it w- funny did you the, not the, feel like it was rushed like the edit was rushed like it felt um, like i felt like i was watching it on 1.5 speed like everything yes. just happened really quickly uh, i tell you what the problem is i think the bigger problem is that ragnarok was so good mm. and they just tried to do ragnarok again yeah and I, think that, I think that is a problem there wasn't like a unique take on it. it it had the same characters it had the same jokes it had the same i think it also it lacked that was... interesting and just otherworldly setting of sakar as well like yeah. the fish out of water stuff it kind of like lacked yeah um absolutely and i i for for complete spoilers and and um everyone stick your finger in your ears or, or do what you need to do for the for next, next 20 seconds, seconds. I, the the ending of the baddie going oh okay then and then just just calling it and stopping, and it's just like, what? What, what are we doing? Mm, I don't, I don't, the I lack of that. conviction, I guess. There, and like, it's it's, it's weird to have it's another bad guy. Just, just. I mean, don't get me wrong. Christian Bale, fantastic. Oh my god, this scene where he's with the in the cage with the kids. Yes, amazing. <gasps> yes. amazing. There's, it's like yeah. this. It, <laughs> the Saturday morning, uh, like <laughs> British <laughs> presenter type thing going on fantastic i love that but, but but it that's just it made me it made me more frustrating that he was allowed to create and craft this amazing character 
and they that didn't. in the end just kind of lay down and went, oh, okay then. Yeah. And it's well, just like, it's, oh, uh, this that? is the problem that like Marvel tends to have is like they keep killing their bad guys. Like they're interesting bad guys. Like they just keep killing them mm. off, and it's like, well, I, I need. I want like something that's going to last a little bit longer. Can you mm. not like arrested well, them? Well, yes, and and that kind of brings me on to my other frustration. It, it kind of ties into the things that were revealed at SDCC as well. Mm-hmm. But in previous kind of phases of uh, the MCU, mm. there was always a kind of a, a, a lurking big bad, or there was a lurking a through line. Th- yeah. There was a strong through line. Um, and in this one, this this phase has just been kind of like, I mean, I think Kevin Feige described it on the SDCC panel as being kind of like, oh, it was just the effects of post, post yeah. Endgame. And it's like, that's not, that's not what? really a, because the thing is, you introduced, we all know that Kang the Conqueror is the whole point. We all know that mm. it's coming. And you kind of like, and, and, and introducing the, the character so early in the phase with Loki you're kind of like, okay, okay, multiverse, check, Kang the Conqueror, check, and different variants therein. Yeah. You're kind of going, okay, so I know what's coming in this phase. We're going to keep bumping into Kang the Conqueror in different iterate, bugger all, nothing. Mm. And it's just like, mm. oh, okay. Not even and, like... And, and it's, just been, it's just been weird kind of references, like at the end of... Um, oh, I can't remember which one it was, because you all blur together now. But, the, but at the end of one of them, there was the, the bit where... Oh, at the end of Shang-Chi, where... Um, where Bruce and uh, Captain Marvel and whatever else are just gabbing with Wong about something. Yeah, they're about uh, and, and the, where the about bands the, come the from. The power right. of the rings and and nothing. Yeah. That's three or four films later. Nothing's come of that. And Loki was banging on about something else, and nothing's come of that. And it's just like doesn't feel it like this. Feels like after the Infinity War stuff, like they've got to put down this groundwork again. But it's like they're trying mm. to tell. Like, there's not one through line here, which is the multiverse thing. I mean, this is called, like, the multiverse saga. But, like, there's not just that, but they're also trying to do this thing with, like, the Marvels over here. Like, we got to have, like, an origin of, of this thing. And you got, like, Shang-Chi and the bands, and that's got to lead to something else, which probably won't be related to, like, Kang or any multiverse mm. stuff. But, like, so it doesn't feel like it's there's a larger plan because it's so it feels so all over the place right right because they're trying to do so many things at once absolutely and i think there's a benefit of the doubt to be given somewhere because the release schedules were screwed around so much as a result of covid and i know that they've had to go back and do reshoots i know they've had to do a lot of stuff um they basically had to just well they didn't have to but they chose to uh completely redo uh what we now know as the multiverse of madness doctor strange yeah. Because they started shooting on it. Um, and because they had a last minute switch of director over to Sam Raimi, th- what they were filming or what they were trying to shoot before the pandemic was a completely different film that nobody mm. was really happy with. So they kind of like were able just to let that go and then start. <laughs> I don't think again. anybody's really happy with what we had to with, to be fair. <laughs> no. And anyway, let, let's kind of move on from the kind of like the, the past stuff because there's so much to talk about of the new stuff. There and is. I'm hopeful that there's a lot more that's coming that makes more sense. We already know that sort of like leaping ahead, kind of, I guess, to kind of the end game, of, if you pardon the pun, is that there are two Avengers movies coming out in a in a mm. couple of years' time. 
uh, which is uh, the Kang Dynasty, which is obviously hooray! We've we've, we've finally got to Kang the Conqueror, um, and Secret also Wars. Secret Wars. I'm which looking forward is, to Secret Wars, which is well, Secret Wars. It, it that has to be X Men. There's just no two, there's no two ways about I mean, it. X Men are part of Secret Wars. I mean, and there's X-Men a are, lot of dates. Everybody's that aren't part of Secret for. Wars, though. But well, that's like, the I thing mean. is, like, it's probably not adapting the original Secret Wars. It's probably adapting oh, yeah. the more up to date Secret Wars, which yeah. is literally the multiversal story, which they reference in Multiverse of Madness. They literally take one of the the, mm-hmm. the literally explanations about how the multiverse works, and they worked into Multiverse of Madness, um, where it's I don't want to go into heavy spoilers, but it's like all the um, oh god, what what do they call it? The um, where they intersect. Where they what do they call them? Oh, branches. Um, no, 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 no. Like oh. the universes collide together and they called it like... Um, oh, yes. Yeah, that word. I can't remember what it is. Yeah, but one. anyway, basically that in bit. that comic, that happens on a scale and they can't mm. like stop it. And like the whole Secret Wars comic is like figuring out what to do about that until mm. everything kind of culminates in one prime dimension where they're on ba- the Doctor Doom's version of Battle World or whatever and they mm. all fight each other or I actually never finished the comic so I don't know how it ends. So it'd be really interesting to see oh, what that's happens. interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But in, in the um, build up to that of course there's there's a whole raft of things like, coming in the meantime. I'm actually more excited for like the smaller things that are have yes. nothing to do with the, the multiverse stuff right now. It's like She Hulk. Oh my god, that trailer looks so good. That trailer was amazing. I'm, I'm all for fourth wall um, yes lo- i'm, so ready. I'm so ready i'm so ready for wall breaking um, i love the way that she she does it in the trailer and like it like there's a realization that she does it and she doesn't realize that she quite yeah. like wait what did i just do like yeah. uh as well as like just other like bruce banner just like glancing being like oh, what are you doing <laughs> and jamila jamil uh crops up as the baddie in that which yeah, is amazing. Yeah, let's see if she can wait to uh, make a situation about about every situation not about her. That'll be that'll be interesting. Okay. Um, um, moving on. Um, <laughs> no, it's uh, and and of course there was the the blink and you'll miss it daredevil at the end. Yes, uh, I'm Wong's, so glad Wong's that they brought Charlie Cox back. Well yes, deserved. Absolutely. Um, people describe this this whole um, this this talking about like where the, the through line of this last uh, part is. Uh, weirdly, it's actually Wong. Because yeah, Wong has, yeah, cropped, Wong's Wong has cropped up in everything. So I if you were looking at it, it should be the kind of like the Wong verse or something. Yeah, but, he is the Sorcerer Supreme. He does have his fingers in a lot of pies. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, looking forward to that. Uh, It'll be nice to see um, Samuel L. Jackson uh, return for Secret Invasion. So a lot more <sighs> uh, scroll stuff there. You're not interested in Secret Invasion? I am. I just kind of, I guess... Because I haven't been close to the comic books, I, I think again this is possibly where we've missed uh, some of this kind of context, and I think they're mm. still perhaps rushing to kind of fill in some blanks that probably should have been filled yeah. in by now. Because they obviously had um, uh, Ms. Marvel sorry, that came out. Scrolls. Sorry, That's Captain Marvel. Scrolls. Yes, scrolls. Um, we have we obviously had the Captain Marvel film, which which brought all of that in uh, and put Nick Fury up in space, and again left it there and nothing else kind of thing yeah so it's that was kind of, like all you'd have the way at the end of no in. far from yeah. home wasn't it yes, that was like absolutely. years ago at this point so yep. absolutely yeah so it's crazy uh ant-man the wasp quantum mania that'll actually reintroduce kang that was supposed to yes, be the I was film that say introduced that's... kang so yes exactly i i think this again is is coming back to this kind of theory of 
it's we're still grappling a bit with these stories being slightly out of order mm. um and i think they're 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 probably having to do a lot of reshoots and now we're talking about films that are still shooting so they're able to kind of try to rework rework the thread back into it again and it's it's going to come on to another one in a minute which is one where an idea that happened then went quiet and then we'll see them come back oh again. you mean guardians um, 3 with adam warlock no well no? that um I, I was on about thunderbolts oh um, but th- that's the thing as well like uh, guardians 3 guardians of the galaxy volume 3 with adam warlock that was teased at the end of the last one and yes. it's been how many years now too so it's yes, like exactly and, yeah. and then i'm baffled when the name came up but then looking up on their instagram i can see exactly why because um having will poulter uh, cast as Adam Warlock. Now, I, the last time I saw Will Poulter was in um, that comedy road trip movie mm. um, when there was smuggling weed in a, in a coach. Um, yeah. And he's a scrawny little twink. Um, whereas in this film now, on, on, on his Instagram, he's massive in a ha- brilliant, massive. brilliant way. Um, really? Yeah, huge. Is he, is he and, cut? Does he, does he have the Marvel transformation? <laughs> yeah. he's, he, he's been to the Marvel. The pumpkin he's, full of steroids? He's yeah. been to the Marvel, yeah, and, and not drinking water for two days prior. Um, I'm actually uh, kind of excited about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 because it's going to explore, apparently, Rocket's backstory, which will be oh, kind of cool. interesting. That's yeah. nice. Mm, 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 that's nice. That's, that's the only reason I'm really interested in it. And, you know, I know it's I know it's um, uh, Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. Is that the right Chris? Yeah. Yes. No, it's Chris Pratt. I know the internet has issues with Chris Pratt, um, but I'm still looking forward to this film. The, the uh, PRX is—I think the PR has been on on overdrive because I, it came out recently that he was trying to back away from. Yeah, he like denounced, what his church did, or yeah, tried to like, denounce what his church did. He wasn't that, aware yeah. that that was as as ropey as he thought, and as mm. and as shit as it was. And it's kind of like, oh, okay, just carry on. Actually, but... you should be angry at this church because that's the bad one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was a bit yeah. odd. Um, yeah. but yes, yeah, still looking forward to it. I, I think that's, it, it, I guess the problem is again, that wasn't necessarily a pandemic thing. That was a relationships issue that, that mm. Disney had with, um, uh, James Gunn or James Gunn had because yeah, so Disney delayed. kind of were kind of oh, quick with yeah. the, uh, the ban hammer. Didn't um, he get like accused of, was it sexual he, assault or? It, no, was no, it was inappropriate it was. jokes, it, wasn't it? It was a it was crappy, it was a crappy jokes, tweet. Like, years yeah. ago yeah it was a crappy tweet that came up from years and years and years ago um mm. and i think disney Edgy were just humor. going through their disney were kind of going through their phase they they just bonked um uh gina what's her face from uh star wars mm. and For i being think a massive were, turf sorry and uh, yeah no absolutely right, rightly so and and um and vax vax peddler and everything else um and and i think that they kind of got caught up in that that kind of spirit of if they did it to one, they had to do it to everyone. And so when James Gunn's one came up, which he'd already previously apologized for as well, mm. um, they just kind of like chucked him out straight away. So he went straight off and did, um, went on, did off Suicide Squad and, mm. and also then did the, the amazing um, follow-up to that. Peacemaker? The TV show, Peacemaker, thank you, uh, with the world's best opening credit sequence. Um, and it... So then, yeah, so sort of like have to then retrofit that back in again. Obviously, that screwed up because all the cast basically went 
well, if he's not directing it, we're not it, doing we're it. We're not doing it. Involved, and Disney's yeah. like, oh, God, and what have we done? I feel like the effects of that are like, well, they've said that this is the last one now. And I imagine if that situation happened, that might not be the case, but like, this is going to be the end of, yeah. of that overall Guardian story. The characters probably still exist. Yeah, Honestly, absolutely. as long as Karen Gillan still exists in the universe in some form, I'm happy. I need my slender blue woman <laughs> kicking ass cyborg woman. It's going to be amazing uh did you see the trailer for wakanda forever oh god i think i watched it about five times um amazingly touching i was always curious about i think it's 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 interesting isn't it how many uh we keep talking about this whether it's pandemic whether it's um uh overactive banhammers whether it's whatever situation it, it does seem like this past five years of marvel films has been a bit cursed in, in yeah. terms of the, re- the release schedules and whatever else and, and the stories they're yeah, having to kind of firefight like as they how much has been affecting it now is, yeah absolutely and, and of course of course black panthers now have been affected because obviously that the loss of the sad loss of obviously of, of chadwick boseman mm. um and they started work ryan kugler started work on the film the second one knowing that well not knowing that that chadwick boseman was was ill and dying yeah and I so mean, like he literally had cancer and like yeah. stuck it out like a yeah. champ nobody absolutely knew stunning. until yeah. he passed like yeah it's... absolutely ridiculous but yeah so yet another film with with unforced errors yet another film with kind of necessary delays and rewrites and, and everything else so it's mm-hmm. but it, it does seem like from the trailer this is going full full kind of tribute to the great man and, and to the character and everything else um mm-hmm. With an amazing callback to Endgame, I think, when they were talking about the rumbles under the ocean in Africa. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Throwaway line. Because Namor, Mariner's apparently going to be in this one, so. Yeah, yeah. meant to, I I guess the idea was yet again that this was meant to be out sooner than than the gap that that they were forced to have. So it's, I think, again, you're seeing evidence of this should have been out a lot sooner. Yeah. Um, but Atlantis, other... we've got Atlantis, we've got Namor, we've got loads of other things. You've got Ray Ray Williams as well playing yes, Ironheart. Ironheart. Yeah. And this is the other through line that they've been trying to do for each of their projects is like passing it on to the next generation, right? Yeah. And and I'm assuming that's what's going to be after the far off Avengers. Once they're done with this saga, it's like, okay, here are the new Avengers, the young Avengers, you know, like... Well, I'd, I'd, yeah, I mean, but but also don't forget there's an Ironheart TV series coming next there year is, as well. There is an so Ironheart TV series coming. We're, we're sort of getting them quick as well. And I I would be... I'm led to believe that through Quantumania, um, uh, the kid in that that's now grown up, um, suspiciously grew up in the five-year gap as well, actually. Um, oh, the but, daughter? <laughs> Do you remember um, that one? Yeah. Where he, he came snap he snapped back in after five years and she looked like she's about 30 odd. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um uh yeah, so um new Ant Man, new everything. And I think, yeah, it's it's interesting how they're kind of mm. bringing up the next the next gen. But oh, uh yeah, speaking of like the Disney Plus shows, I feel like I care far more about watching Ironheart than I do about um one of these. This is on the list. Echo. I don't know if is anybody asking for Echo? Like I'm sure, I like it's great for representation for like people say, who are good, are good death, for representation. But, good for representation. The, um, that character, like nothing. Tragically, a very uninteresting character yeah. in in the in the TV show so far. I mean, but. that Hawkeye series wasn't the most amazing. Anyway, it was a little bit of fun. It was a Christmas romp adventure, but like, I, I like nothing. It. You liked it? 
It was a Christmas special. Yeah, it was a Christmas I'm a, special. I'm I enjoyed a sucker it. for Christmas. I'm, I'm a sucker for Christmas specials anyway. I enjoyed it, um, but I feel like you could have taken Echo's character out of that series and not... Oh, hugely. Completely pointless. In, in that yeah. sense, completely pointless. Um, there for a reason, obviously. Mm. I, but I, I think as well, what, what it, I, I think we have to remember that this is, as you rightly said, it's about seeding up that next generation of, yeah. of, of Avengers and everything else. Um, and I think that it's looking at how they kind of seed these new heroes um mm. i guess it's testing them in some ways as well yeah i guess like i well, i don't really know the hook of the echo series apparently it's it's well, it says that maya lopez's ruthless behavior in new york city catches up with her in her hometown so like uh, i don't know as it might it's be most gen- it's most a gen- generic it's description very generic and that's <laughs> on the official marvel site <laughs> yeah. like and even marvel doesn't ensues. seem to be invested in its own shows so <laughs> yeah i will say uh, one thing i am really really looking forward to though out of all the disney plus shows loki season two let's go let's do it i really enjoyed the well, first season of loki well did you not i did i did enjoy it um Things I want for Loki season two. One, more miss minutes. Need, yeah, as uh, to, to be fair, one, we need to be, just be living in the TVA world because mm. I loved, loved the '60s uh, sci-fi that retro styling. future aesthetic. Yeah, oh, amazing. Really good. Um, but cool. two, and, and the more serious point, um, if you say that your character is bi, you need to actually be yeah, I a lot of queer rather than rather than yeah. the lip service that that was paid i will so, say though that's one thing i liked about thor that was the most queer representation i've seen yes. in a marvel project Absolutely. that was good mm-hmm. that was good mm-hmm. and and i th- and possibly possibly un uncuttable for audiences what don't want to see it so yeah that we, you might be you might actually that could be a good step in the right direction but no listen all members of Korg's race are a male it makes perfect sense so. I, I yeah i just love the, the description of how they they birth a new one as well mm-hmm. i said mm-hmm. as, as we left the theater i said to my partner like do you want to go and hold hands over a volcano mm-hmm. um but um which is probably the most romantic thing i've ever said um that's so gay I <laughs> um uh i was gonna say yes so Loki, sorry, we're talking about yeah, Loki. Yeah, Loki, that was it. My brain's gone to holding hands over volcanoes. No, um, Loki season two, Mount mostly Vesuvius, excited. <laughs> mostly excited. Let's see. Let's see how it all crinkles out. Um, I feel like I need to do more. Mm. Mm. Definitely, in terms of queer representation. Um, queer representation and, and a little bit of storytelling. I think it paid the price of suffering those those that traditional kind of like series slump as well um we need to bring back i don't the know i mean low key variants i want the alligator variant back. oh definitely i, I feel like more of that Grant stuff back. that filler yes. episode where they were trapped on that planet like the character interactions were fun but it felt it felt drawn out it felt like that mm-hmm. wasn't necessary like probably could have put some conversations you, you didn't need half an episode where you're all sat in a bar just chatting yeah. And the self-cessed there too. I'm not sure how I feel about that. How they've paired up Loki with themselves, essentially. That of course they're gonna like. Oh, get... no, that, I think that made the most sense. Like if it, cosmic Loki... narcissism, yes. <laughs> but Loki, Loki was only ever gonna love one person. And that was himself or mm. their selves, I should say. Mm, so uh, yeah, that's 
Yeah. That's that's interesting. Uh, what else? What else? What else? What Blade. Else? Are you excited for Blade? I I'm excited for Blade. I want the darkness of the Marvel universe to come <sighs> through in more projects. I want like I don't know. Multiverse of Madness was kind of like a little bit horror esque. It had the Raimi tropes in there mm. of like the you know it was more comical horror than anything else. But like I want some actual like scary stuff i want i want i don't know if blade's gonna fulfill that though cause... i think you might be upset by that yeah <laughs> um i don't see how uh given the new direction of marvel and disney mm. and everything else i don't see how they're gonna go full 18 yeah um, i know that i know they've committed to it with deadpool and but it's interesting there's been no oh. chatter about that yet yeah um, where's deadpool hopefully exactly well comes i in think in it's... secret wars right because like uh, well that's how uh, that would be amazing um but I think prior to that as well, there's mm. their slate is full at the moment for 23, but 24 slate is a bit empty. There's kind of like markers down for, for mm. these things. So, mm. but I, I have a, I have a, I have a theory about that as well. But um, okay, well, yeah. Are you excited no, for Blade though? Um, yes. No. Don't I just shoot me. But I, I, I didn't just... see the first. I, I haven't really seen the first ones. Uh, well, it's got nothing to do with. The no, I know, I, I know, absolutely. But I, I just wasn't necessarily kind of a Blade fan. But okay. I think getting into Blade, uh, this could be a good jumping on point. I know, I know, yeah. I know, I know. Okay. But I think I just wasn't necessarily into the MCU before the last Blade. So I've kind of come a little bit late. I okay. guess. And okay. 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 We, we tried want, to watch the old ones and it didn't work. All I want is a reference to some mother effers are always trying to ice skate <laughs> up hell. <laughs> that's all i want that's, that's all i want out uh, of it yeah. i don't care about anything else um one thing i am looking forward to as well in terms of disney plus shows one of the only disney plus shows i'm looking forward to is agatha coven of chaos agatha was great in one division one division was absolutely fantastic mostly except for like a few bits and pieces there i don't like the culmination of one division how it turned into the typical superhero thing i think that was like kind of dumb but i enjoyed vision talking to vision being like the ship of theseus blah 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 that was really interesting now Coven of Chaos, though, because it was meant to be House of Harkness before, but they mm. changed the title to Coven of Chaos. So <sighs> there's no information on this. So I'm really hoping it goes well. Obviously, um, the actress who plays Agatha, wonderful actress, who's been in a bunch of yes. different stuff, um, including like Transparent, and, and she's, she's been great in everything. I can mm. get her name. Um, do you think she has what it takes to like pull a show together like this? I think the word Coven is doing quite a lot of heavy lifting potentially in that title. Um, I think I think it's a I think it's a suggestion maybe that during the process of development, they've kind of thought we might need a couple more mm. characters. So oh, I'd be interesting to know who's in that coven. Yeah. Um, and of course, chaos is referenced now to what we know as chaos magic, mm. which is something that was a callback to um, some of the some of the Scarlet Witch stuff as well. I so I want it to be more TV related again because, like, at the end like, yeah, of One Division, yeah. she was trapped in that persona, right? So I want it to be like golden girls with witches you know before it like descends into whatever it's supposed to be but you know i i i think that might be a flash in the pan and i i a little bit of me would hope it wouldn't be because i think what was beautiful about wandavision is that is incredibly unique and there's mm. you're never going to get a second season of that because i just think it's as you say that the, the the problem is the second you took that magic of old television away like I think every episode of WandaVision was like, this is amazing. This is that. This is fantastic. This is this is okay. And it just as you got close to the real went, world, it just kind of like it. lost its impact. It just went yeah. back to the standard ye oldy superhero thing, mm -hmm. and and it just yeah, it, it kind of lost that impact. Um, 
Daredevil Born Again. Yeah. Born Again is an amazing uh, storyline through Daredevil anyway. Mm, and it just um, matches like so well. It's like, again, like um, Homecoming with Spider-Man yes. in terms of titling. It's like, yes, Charlie Cox is back where they belong. But, but it's 18 episodes. 18 episodes. Yeah. That's either a good thing or a terrible thing. And it remains <laughs> to be seen. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think it's good, hopefully, because I think the issue that I think the issue that sometimes befalls the Marvel things about the whole 10 episode slump issue mm. is 10 episodes is kind of like you could have made it a movie with a bit of editing. You could have got that into a film. Yeah. But I think 18 very much makes it stand alone as this is a this is a TV show. This is 18 episodes. This is yeah, I'm I'm interested where like what they're going to be exploring in that because like the, okay, I I I like Charlie Cox's Daredevil. I enjoyed the first season of Daredevil from what I saw. I love Charlie Cox's inclusion in the Spider-Man film that he was mm. in. But and I love the fact that he's going to be in She-Hulk, but I kind of fell off Daredevil in like season two of the original series and I never saw season three. Um, so I'm like, I love the fact that he's back, but like an 18 episode series, I don't know if I care that much. You know, I don't know if I'm invested in the well, character to that degree. I don't I'm know. I'm being honest here. Like other people. No, I agree. And, that, but. and I think it would be, I'm quite interested in it because I do think that the, the issue with uh, the eight or ten or even like six, I think, was Hawkeye. Um, mm. That six, six, six lots of forty-five is basically a movie. Um, Falcon Winter Soldier was five episodes, but that has befallen quite a lot of problems due to the pandemic, mm. which was basically a movie. And I do think that sometimes the issue of um, things that should have been a movie but actually they turned it into a TV show and just added some padding. And you can see where that mm. padding was added. I'm looking at you, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, yeah. And I think that's my um, that's my concern, whereas I think an 18-episode order is a proper classic TV show. Mm. Okay, okay. Hey, well, Done properly, hopefully, maybe, written in chapters. <sighs> that Written in chapters, maybe? Like but... two or three episodes... I arcs of it each depends one on the writer or... who's on it though because i don't really trust disney mm. right now with the way that they've done all of their disney plus shows it just seems like the way that it's going to go it's going to be completely waning in the middle where nothing the only really thing happens. I, I guess the only thing i can think of is that there's a very specific reason why that's 18 episodes mm -hmm. like why is it broken why was it allowed to break out of that kind of classic eight to ten episode order like yeah there must be a reason why. I guess so, let's, so, yeah. For the time being, let's kind of like reserve judgment. But I don't know what go. the actual comic book storyline is. So maybe it's like really in-depth and really cool. And like, yeah. I, I, have, I have no idea. But like, yeah. uh, judgment will remain until yes. it actually comes out as with all of this stuff. But speaking of padding and Captain America, <laughs> um, Captain America New World Order, you know what? Depending on the directors they get on this, I don't think they'll probably have um, the 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 people who worked on the last several Captain America films, oh, which I really enjoyed. The Russos, yeah, yeah. Um, I really enjoyed mm. Winter Soldier. I really enjoyed Civil War. I I'm hoping this explores, like, similar th kind of thing uh, in terms of, like, actual politics of the world that they're in and obviously conspiracy theories when you say New World Order. Mm -hmm. So maybe it'll be, like, another... Because, like, 
when you have Winter Soldier with like Hydra hiding inside of Shield and stuff, that that feels like it's a conspiratorial type of like uh, espionage kind of like uncovering thriller type thing. So I'm hoping this does like the same thing too. Um, and I'm really hoping that they change uh, the the costume for uh, Captain America, uh, the Falcon version of Captain America now, because that costume at the end of uh, the the show was. I like a lot of people were saying they loved it. I did not. The stark, bright, daz whiteness of the yeah, costume, it's not gonna like last long, everywhere, is it? like uh, no. And I'm hoping you know whoever takes it and like the Russos did something really cool with Captain America. Is like they had that kind of the same, like bright, kind of like overwhelmingly color popped like uh, outfit in the Avengers. But in terms of like. Um, winter soldier they made it more militaristic they made it more mm. realistic they made it like more like uh grimy i guess and more true to what military gear would be in the, in the new in the actual world so i'm hoping they do a similar thing here obviously it's not the russos though so i don't again i could don't be interesting much... um i i'm holding i think it's been i have enjoyed the captain america films i think you're right i think they've been they've been the kind of political north star sometimes of mm. all of this and i, I think it, it, if they can do that again yes the new world order obviously relates to conspiracy theories but i think it might have something more to play as we start to see these films unfold in the same way that winter soldier really moved the story from a to b and kind of set where we're going i, mm. I think this this might be that kind of because it is like apart it is kind of apart from the thunderbolts that is the last one before we get into some really meaty avengers stuff yeah. So maybe by that point, we're starting to see the threads come out. We we can start to see what this whatever this new world order that's being crafted. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe Kang has something to do with it. Maybe those conspiracy theories or whatever about the multiverse, about the politics behind all of that. Mm. I'm specifically excited for it as well because I'm hoping there's going to be some levity in the form of uh, Sam and Bucky's relationship again too. So I feel like that was the best part of of their Disney Plus series, which just their interactions in general. And I hope they're not consistently chummy because I just preferred them when they were at each other's throats. Yeah. That was just fun. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Moving on from that, you have the Thunderbolts. Obviously, they've been seeding this throughout everything. They've been having their background stuff like John Walker and, and Abomination. Yeah. And like, it's going to be a new team filled with like dark, dark Avengers, I guess, you know, like. Yeah, it's, it's the, it's the, it's the. Um, anti-hero version. It's the anti, it's, yeah, it's, it's the, it's the Marvel version of. Um, Oh my brain on Suicide Squad. Thank you. Suicide Squad. Yeah. yeah. It's so, it's that kind of it's that kind of anti-hero thing, but that's a film yeah. though. And it's not a series, so it's um Yes, it is an actual film. Yeah. So maybe but, the, the Marvel Suicide Squad could be fun. It depends how invested I am in the characters. No. I'm, I'm, there, I'm there for Julia Louise Dreyfus. Um I, just the, having her involved, it is a good start. One but thing I will say, that, it's nice to have really them seeded throughout the actual projects rather than just yes, throwing exactly. a bunch of people together. But, but, but again, to, I think it suffered slightly due to the pandemic because that was ticking along quite nicely with her mm. cropping up at the end of things. And that's gone quiet for a year or so mm. now. But. Let's speed this up. So Fantastic Four, do you want to see John Krasinski back? Uh, yes. Mr. Fantastic. Yes, me too. Yes. Like I'm hoping he remains and that they actually... And I wonder by this point what universe the Fantastic Four will be existing in. Yeah, because it doesn't I, have to be said in this one, does it? It could be said in a I, And universe. I do, and I think that's where some of these films that haven't been named yet 
this is we, we are, we're going to see the x-men start to come out we, we know that marvel has i mean th- there was that thing on the internet that, that marvel had registered a whole load of um websites and ips and, and trademarks and whatever else and, and there was a lot of kind of references to mutants and whatever else and of course if you've seen the end of ms marvel the tv show um it is it is revealed that she's a mutant at the end of the tv series yeah yeah and they use the x-men theme which my 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 90s heart is like and it's it's coming we we know it's coming Mm. and i just wonder whether it's going to be tidier as we kind of explore the multiverse are we going to start seeing stories in there Mm. exist in their own right on those planes in those universal I mean, spaces we kind of have already in terms of what if so i mean yeah, exactly. makes sense. and then it. characters from what if has started appearing in the like multiverse madness had um captain carter even though it wasn't yeah. that captain carter which they said she's going to be continuing to be in yeah. the next season of what if because there's a whole god there were so many announcements the day before as well from like the animation side of it obviously they're mm-hmm. continuing the x-men 97 series too all that stuff so i'm excited to see what happens there um like the peter parker thing um the spider-man uh freshman yes. year or whatever that's apparently set in a different universe too that's yeah. not set in the mainline mcu yeah. as well so they're, they're think, doing that's it that's kind just... of how they're going to do it um mm-hmm. and i think that's we're going to see more of that that they've even kind of teed up that that ability to switch around because obviously bringing yeah. in america, america chavez so who can punch through reality, I think. Yeah, well. maybe it's, it's... maybe the future of Marvel after we're done with like this whole thing will be more, listen, we are free now just to tell any story that we want. Yeah. Set in any universe and we're not constrained by... Um... Continuity. Continuity, thank you, thank you. Yeah, uh, nice point yeah, of course there. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, of course, then but... you got the two Avengers films, yes, uh, Kang Dynasty. Yeah. and secret wars which honestly i feel like they're going to try and do an infinity war and end game thing without again because there's so many months apart so one will mm. lead into the next one um so kang will will be causing incursions that's the word that's incursions the mm-hmm. um yes. and maybe the fantastic four will be part of that in a different universe like trying to fight kang because kang is their villain specifically yeah. a lot of and that's the cleverness of, of kang is that each universe is going to be fighting their version of Kang, and then the Kang, yeah. or, Kang is the linchpin that brings it all together. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just I'm, kind of wish they kind of whipped on with Kang a little bit sooner. But. I'm assuming that in Fantastic Four we'll see Doctor Doom as well, and they'll be oh yeah um, involved in in the next yeah. like because they were a big part of Secret Wars too. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, hopefully that'll be. Yeah. That'll be that. Absolutely. Was there anything we missed? I think we've covered everything. I think we've done everything. There's obviously so much more at SDCC and it's ongoing. So you can go mm-hmm. and check that out and go onto YouTube. And when we wake up in the morning, there'll probably be more news that'll come out. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've missed out on things again. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of, I've always wanted to go to San Diego Comic Con. Yeah. What was but that again, movie so many people. that was a road trip across Paul? Oh, Paul. Yeah. That was an yeah. interesting one. Love that one. Mm-hmm. That was a mm-hmm. good film, and that whole point of that was was them driving to SDCC yeah. in a in an RV and having a fun time, That's and, and doing idea. their own little parody of ET and every sci-fi movie out there. That was yeah. uh, that was interesting. <laughs> you know what though? I'm I'm surprised because like all the cons happening, I I don't think I got con flu. I don't think I got COVID. I I haven't had a positive test. As of yes, absolutely, yeah. But you were a little bit under the weather, weren't you? So you might I, have got yeah, no, I slept for like comfort. a day. Like I was exhausted yeah, after I got back. And maybe maybe I had it, but it was just that mild. I don't know. Um, I'm on immunosuppressant, so, so maybe my immune system just didn't flare up like crazy against it. Who mm. knows? 
But yeah, it's kind of like when I had the the vaccine, I literally just like slept for a day. So yeah. maybe, yeah. maybe I didn't avoid it. But I was around Ben crossed. all the time, and Ben got really bad COVID. So yeah, yeah. Anywho, I guess that brings us to the end of our it conversation. Does. We don't have like quick fire questions or anything to end on today, which is kind we of don't. sad. We'll just we'll just wrap oh. up in a nice tidy way. Yeah, yeah. So. Okay. Oh, question, well, question just... from chat. A bit of Q&A suddenly started. Is, right, Mochi, yeah. is Mochi awake? Is Mochi awake? Um, He was. I know because he used his bathroom and I've been suffering throughout the like the last 20 to 25 minutes of this podcast because it happens <laughs> to be in the office. So uh, to be to be fair, it's it's gone down now. So it's all fine. But if you saw my at any point in the video podcast, um, <laughs> me, my, my expression just like contort that that'll be the reason why and that's why you dear audio listener need to go back and now watch the video portion see yeah. if you can figure out the precise moment when Machi did do a stinker uh, <laughs> wonderful way to leave a podcast Good i want to say robin thank you so much for joining me today and of course shout out to wraith stefan and uh enna right enna? enna enna yes i got it right for once um who joined us earlier yes i hope you had a fun time today I did. I did. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. As mm -hmm. always, mm -hmm. absolute pleasure. Of course. So thank you all for joining us on this episode of the Gaming Podcast Live. We'll be back in two weeks, two weeks time with the next episode. Absolutely. And you can follow the Game Mag channel right here on Twitch uh, or subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, so you don't miss any of these amazing shows. And as Mia said earlier, please subscribe if you're sat here now. We've got so much coming up on gaming, so do subscribe to this on twitch and of course podcasts can be listened to back at any time on all major podcast platforms and if you're listening there now head on over to twitch watch us live head over to twitch.tv forward slash gaming mag so mia, mia will be back later this week with let's go gaming but coming up on tuesday we have another digipride panel this time it's hosted by safe in our world uh this t-shirt right here um there's stinky mochi for the oh that's audio. why okay oh god don't let's not let's not look at that one too much um <laughs> Let's get back to my panel on Tuesday. Uh, panel on Safe Tuesday. in our world. Yeah, so that's Safe why you're wearing world. the t-shirt. That's why I'm wearing the t-shirt. It's called Plus One Self-Care, um, which is all about mental health in gaming. A very, very important topic. So I think it'd be very fun for them to do. So check that out at 8 p.m. on Tuesday, right here on twitch.tv slash gaming mag. Totally. And in the meantime, hello, Machi. Machi's in my arms, dear audio listener. In the meantime... You can keep reading gaming magazine, watching all the shows, doing other things, can't they? Can't they? Yes, yes, they can. See, he can speak as well. Uh, but yeah, until we see you again, we will see you very, very soon. So goodbye for now, everybody. Bye. 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 bye.